on maynard.com.au. AU! the sound of a Glebe Point Road bus. It's not the end of the world, but it certainly smells like it. It's time for... Bunker Bunker! With Tim Ferguson and Maynard. Welcome to episode 19, the one they thought they'd never do, and frankly, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe it either. 19? Who'd have thought we'd make it this far? And that kid over there sure can't. How did he know we were here? He's following us around. Yes, same to you, buddy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Episode 19. We've been on hiatus for months and months and months because Tim's had a job and I haven't. Basically, that's the way it works. It's like having a job, except it's not a real job. I was co-directing a movie, a cinematograph, as it says in the contract. That's why we had to stop for a while. But here we are again on Glee Point Road at Madame Frou-Frou Cafe, which is still smoking and burning after last time we left. Bunga bunga, this show is full of filthy folk and dirty disbelievers and should be considered a warning from history. Warning all over this one. There's nothing like being told, don't listen, to make people listen a little bit harder. But seriously, don't listen. First, Bunga Bunga News. Tim, fill us in on what you and the Doug Anthony All-Stars have been doing. Well, we've just been rehearsing. I was rehearsing with Paul Livingston and Paul McDermott yesterday. And, oh, they're funny fellows. They really are. They've got so much joy in their hearts. They didn't bring it with them. They left it at home. But uh, we had a, a, an interesting rehearsal session. I listened to my interview with Paul McDermott the other day, too, in which he said that part of the process in the Doug Anthony All-Stars Mark One, and I must let people know that it is the international year of the Doug Anthony All-Stars... It's still going on. It's the international year, and thank you, everybody. Paul McDermott said that if Richard Feidler found a joke funny, it was out. Yeah, we'd have to cut the joke because, you know, he just liked jokes that my mum likes. The idea is that my mum never laughs. Well, how do you do it now? Because Flacco's obviously not Richard. How do you work if a joke's in or out now? Nobody listens to what Flacco says or does. We've got the big Harold Park gig coming up fairly shortly, which we will be covering for Bunga Bunga. We'll be there talking to the audience and whoever will talk to us there. I imagine that's sold out within seconds. We didn't even ask about that stuff. The thing is, we're a bit worried about it because it will be a practice show. It's a workshop. It's a trial show. So we don't know what's going to be funny and what's not. At least I've got Paul McDermott and Paul Livingston on the stage because they're funny. Well, at least if you haven't you know, got off your cahootie and seen them by now, it's time for version two of the show. What's the next run of the show going to be called? Well, this one is called Near Death Experience because the audience will be near death and they'll be having an experience. <laughs> they'll be near death because they'll be sitting near us. They'll be near death because, I tell you what, some of that traffic in Glebe can really move fast. For example, that little motorcycle rider, the screenwriter. Now, we must explain this. Usually, in many episodes, and he hasn't turned up for a few, and particularly during our hiatus, the independent filmmaker, film writer, film script producer of Glebe just hasn't been heard on his motorbike going past at all. Well, I think it's either because he's got funding 
or because he hasn't got funding. That's the only two states that a Glebe screenwriter can exist in. That's going to be a pretty big gig. There's people flying in, because I've actually seen on the Bunga Bunga page, people flying in from Brisbane, from Perth, from Adelaide for your big show. It's on the 20th, isn't it, at the Howell Park? I believe so, because there's nothing in Adelaide. There's nothing to do in Adelaide. Unless you're planning to kill people, there's no excitement. I heard they had some paintings there once. They did have some paintings, and weren't they lovely? John Howard said they were just lovely. People want to know about this movie. When will it be coming out? The movie is called Spin Out, and it'll be out sometime next year, late next year. And we'll just be chopping and cutting and beavering and editing and doing all that stuff. But it will have lots of cars, lots of romance, lots of people getting angry, falling in love, living the life. I went there and interviewed a lot of people, but those interviews can't be used until Sony from USA give me the nod. That's right, the all-powerful. Sony. We're just sitting on it until it's about to come out because if we start talking about it now then by the time it's on people will figure it came and went. And I thank the Bunga Bunga audience for being patient. I've been putting up shows on the new look Maynard website at maynard.com.au and you've seen the new look website. Tim, what do you make of it? Oh, it's fantastic. It's got all these great new pictures. It's very easy to navigate. I actually went looking for Bunga Bunga episodes and found them whereas before it was like going through someone's drunken shopping list. We actually have a search area. You can search the site now. So if you put Bunga Bunga in the search bar, you You'll get all 20-odd shows. Oh, if I'm looking for anything Maynard, I go to maynard.com.au. And subscribe to Planet Maynard in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or just about any other way you want, and you'll get every episode as it comes out. Hey, did you enjoy the Gene Simmons interview that was on recently? Oh, very special. What a man, what a man. And that was from 1990. That's 1990, and when I asked him what sort of car he drives, he said, I drive a Rolls-Royce because I have nothing to prove. Stanley, the star man, was out here only last week. Yes, he was, yeah. And I didn't actually see the interview, but I saw the aftermath of the interview with the Sunrise team where they were saying what a lovely and genuine man he is and how clean his life has always been. He's never engaged in all that sex and drugs that rock and rollers tend to get into. Now I don't want to go casting aspersions but uh, I would always assume that if you were in KISS, what else would you do with your spare time? And you'd be asking, if you didn't, why? I think perhaps now that he's got grandchildren, maybe he doesn't want to talk about all the parties. But at last count, and this was at least 15 years ago, Gene Simmons said he'd slept with 3,000 women. Maybe he was just sleeping. Which brings us to the recrimination section of Bunga Bunga. Recriminations, no! First recrimination is, Tim, there's many times you've said you're going to record a Bunga Bunga episode and you've bugged out of the whole thing in Shepparton, all over the place, and people are going, Tim, one person in particular, Ruby Tupelo, has been very impatient and she was complaining only the other day on Bunga Bunga that we haven't done enough episodes, and I told her that we, as soon as her check cleared, they'd come out. Exactly, Ruby, and thanks for your kind comment. Yeah, yeah, Look, thanks for your patience. We were going to make an episode of Bunga Bunga a couple of weeks ago, but I got this post-movie shoot flu. <laughs> <laughs> and so I couldn't talk. All I could do was go, <laughs> which I'm doing now. Maybe I could have done it. Hello. Oh, hello. How's things going at the fruit today? So, fruit, it's good. Good. Yeah. 
That's our word for us today. Yes, it certainly is. And as far as recriminations go, I would like to apologise for my recent behaviour on the 370 bus. Maynard, you know, once you buy a ticket doesn't mean you own the place. I now know that. <laughs> it's not your house. You can't just walk around in whatever. I didn't think a bus driver could put you off early, but apparently they can. Oh, they can put you <laughs> off straight away. Try talking to them. That's our recrimination section. We aren't feeling too guilty about anything, are we, Tim? No, not too guilty. We're not going through a Catholic phase at this stage. Some big things happened while we were on hiatus. How did you feel when Mr Abbott was no longer our Prime Minister? He'll be back, he'll be back. I say that with hope in my heart. I was very disappointed to see Mr Abbott taken out and kicked in the back of the head, mainly because comedians all over Australia were coming to rely upon him for writing our own material for us. The great thing about having Tony Abbott was you didn't have to sit there and scratch your head and try to nuance what he was saying. I would just repeat what he was saying on Twitter and get lots of LOLs. With Malcolm Turnbull being more erudite, have we got basically a liberal version of Paul Keating now? Malcolm says that he's not moderate when he's talking to the hard right wing. And when he's talking to the moderates, he said, yeah, yeah, I am moderate. The trouble with Malcolm is that uh, he's going to have to stand up pretty soon and start doing some draconian things. Otherwise, his colleagues will get rid of him. And also, I think there's nothing wrong with a bit of draconian action. Well, the salad has arrived, so we're going to have a brief salad break. Here's some salad break music to get us through to the crank mail. And we're back. Hey, listen. Way, it's the screenwriter on a motorbike. How about that? Going along slowly, uh, just a little bit hesitantly. Maybe he's having an idea. And what would that idea, Tim, be in the corncopia that is the Australian movie world? The first idea was I must stop and spend my funding on a latte. The second idea, I imagine, would be a new idea because look at what's happening in Australian film. There are five huge Australian films. You've got Oddball, which is just soaring up the charts with Shane Jacobson. It also stars penguins and puppy dogs. Very hard to see how that could ever fail. So maybe he's off to have a joyous idea, an idea that everybody can enjoy. Speaking of movies, have you decided what you're going to be wearing to the Star Wars opening when it happens? I'm going as Princess Leia. Again? Yeah, I've got the outfit, I've got the hair, and I'm not going to let it waste. And there are very few times in life when you can walk around dressed as Princess Leia without being mocked. And the opening of Star Wars Episode 7 is one of them. And what I would love to do is to have a screening somewhere of Spaceballs the week before. Show Spaceballs, because oh. that movie still holds up. Rick Moranis saying, smoke them if you got them. <laughs> ludicrous speed. <laughs> ludicrous speed remains one of the funniest things. And there he goes again. Yeah. One of the funniest things ever done in cinema. Smoke them if you got them. If you don't know the moment, you haven't lived. It's the timing too. You should strap yourself in. I'm not going to strap myself in. And he ends up like with his head pushed halfway up his helmet. It's fantastic. The helmet. Prepare ship for light speed. No, no, no. Light speed is too slow. Light speed too slow? Yes. We're going to have to go right to ludicrous speed. <gasps> ludicrous speed? Sir, we've never gone that fast before. Ludicrous speed! Sir, had you better buckle up? Now buckle this! Ludicrous speed! Go! Stop this thing! We can't 
all right, sir? Fine. How have you been? Fine, sir. Good. It's a good thing you were wearing that helmet. Yeah. What should we do now, sir? Well, are we stopped? We're stopped, sir. Good. Well, why don't we take a five-minute break? Very good, sir. Smoke if you got them. Spaceballs. Go see it before you go see Star Wars. It's great fun. Let's open the crank mail. Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. Wow, it's very exciting now. I haven't seen crank mail for a while and everybody's been writing and writing and writing and thank you. We were sorry if we don't get to you. We have got a fair bit of crank mail here. Because Grant McHeron asks one and I think he's red ragged to a bull here. What is Tim's view on the Trans-Pacific Partnership? I think it's great. It goes all the way across the Pacific. That's a long way. And it's a race to the bottom. It's uniting Australia with all of our neighbours. Now, of course, there'll be a lot of people saying, no, no, we can't do it. It's going to hurt our economy. Let's face it, Australia's had a pretty good economy for quite a long time for only 14 people living on a gigantic continent. Maybe we should start to share. Is there someone that we should have a partnership with? Is there someone you think we should, we should reach out in the spirit of brotherhood? Finland, the Australian-Finland nexus. Finland is crucial when it comes to Eastern European politics. They've won Eurovision. Lordy, the heavy metal band. They certainly have. They have sex all the time. So what's not to like about that? But the main thing is, you know, if Vladimir Putin starts to cause trouble, real trouble, then there's no sabre I'd rather be rattling than Finland. <laughs> Because the Winter War went so well for them in 1940. And they got so many fins. They're not a fish. They're just a gigantic, kaleidoscopic aquatic mammal. There aren't many countries that have got a vodka named after them. That is true. I mean, Australia doesn't have Aussie vodka. But we do have that bear, that Bundy bear thing. And we have piss. Oh, no, actually, that's just piss, isn't it? Belinda Pierce writes that when we mentioned Irwin Allen's Land of the Giants, that when she was a kid, she wanted red hair just like the hottie Valerie from Land of the Giants. Oh, yeah, Valerie's hair was so totally red. I've been working with Melissa Berglund from Winners and Losers, who has that red hair. It just goes to show that some fads can never die. What issues are involved with filming a redhead in a movie? Because the, the hair can look so different depending, depending on how the lighting's going through it. Is that a problem for continuity? Not at all, particularly if you say, dye the hair black, please. Ella Arendale writes... Uh, what's going to happen when money for the Sydney tram building runs out? The bus again that's going on in town. The middle of Sydney's being ripped up and they're building a tram track and she doesn't think they're actually going to finish it. Ella Arendale, what are you, a Tolkien character? <laughs> I think more trams, the better. I don't think they're making enough trams. Sydney will benefit from having George Street sealed off for many, many, many years. There used to be a Bondi tram, and look what happened when they cut it off. The Swedes moved in. Bring them on. Adam Remington was writing to us when we had to go into hiatus because you actually had a real job. I've been unemployed for 14 months, people. Don't give me a hard time. I've been knocking on doors, haven't I, Tim? I even knocked on yours. You pretended you weren't home. I did, I did, but you kept knocking and knocking and knocking. I had to say what I always say, which is what they tell older ladies to say when the door is knocked on. I'm not alone. My son Kevin's with me. In fact, it's just you and Kitley, your cat. 
Just me and Kitlay. And he kept knocking, but eventually I let you in. And here we are at Madame Fruitfruit. Great doco on the History Channel last night about how the Germans were using methamphetamine to give to their soldiers. And the Allies didn't know about this till they saw a couple of downed flyers during the Battle of Britain had these tablets with them. And it was called Pervitin, was the actual brand name of it, Pervitin. And they went, hang on a minute, there's something in this. And they decided to get their own amphetamine going. And that's where Benzedrine was started to come from as well. Well, it also explains like, if the Germans were taking that, that's how they look so good in those uniforms. They fitted so well. There was a drug that they, they were experimenting with that, that was supposed to be better than that called D9. They made a Nazi version of mini-subs and they gave it to a whole bunch of guys to go out in the mini-subs and they don't know how the experiment went because none of them came back. Wow. <laughs> so that party continues. And they actually said in the documentary that no modern equivalent of that drug exists. I'm thinking, didn't they go to a rave in the 90s? You could imagine the sonar department saying, but sir, I am hearing something in the distance. Listen. I think it's KLF. KLF are going to rock you. They certainly are KLF. Now, that was music. I mean, I hate to sound like an old person. In fact, I don't mind sounding like, a, like an old person. You are. But I am an old person, but KLF, they rocked. I mean, when they said KLF is going to rock you, they seriously did. If you weren't familiar with their music, again, you haven't lived. Adam Remington wrote, when we went into our hiatus period there, as I said, me, still unemployed, looking for a job, anyone needs a DJ, I'm your guy, by the way, anyone needs someone on the radio, I'm your guy. If you're looking for Tim to do stuff, he's busy for the next three years with doing this movie and making love to his beautiful wife. Oh, yeah, both jobs are really enjoyable. Remember, if you're enjoying it, it's not a job. Exactly. Adam Remington thought maybe Maynard should do it without Tim, should just sit in the Madame Frou-Frou Cafe, listening to buses go past, and talk to himself. Yeah, I mean, there's money in that. <laughs> but where would you spend it all? And now that they're taking away penalty rates, thank you very much, Malcolm Turnbull, uh, there's no point in doing it on the weekends. That's about all for the crank mail. If you're going to send us some crank mail, please, it's maynard at maynard.com.au. Go to maynard.com.au. There's a section there where you can sign up for our newsletter. You get a newsletter once a month about what's going on at the website and where you can find everything. And there's also a section where you can directly write to me. Or you can write to Tim at Twitter. I'm at Real Tim Ferguson, not the fake one, Real Tim Ferguson. Or you go to the Maynard Facebook page or the Bunga Bunga Facebook page where you find out things if we're not on, I put other stuff up there you can do. Let's close up the crank mail. Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. What animal do you think that is peeing at the end there, Tim? Well, in fact, it's not an animal. Oh! It's, it's a tiny little leprechaun and it's peeing into a gigantic vat of maple syrup. We would like to thank our sponsors. That's DNC Lifestyles. If you go to maynard.com.au, there's an ad on the front there. Just click on that and just see the stuff they've got for your cat or your dog. You, frankly, Tim, you're not buying anything for Kittler because you're being a bit tight ass this year, aren't you? Kittler has kept saying to us, I want to go to DNC Lifestyles. I want to go, I want to go. But I know once we go into that store, he'll just never want to come home. 
there'll be even less love coming from that cat. We'd like to thank our Patreon producers. And I thought, look, what can I do for the Patreon producers? Because we've got 23 people who give money each month, some as low as $1, some more than that, and once a month it comes off. And I think that's really great. I think that what I'm going to do is that the Patreon supporters can actually choose the cheese. Each time I need to put a background song on, I'm going to actually only ask the people who are our Patreon supporters to put the money in and they can choose the background. But right now, I'm just going to dig into the old bug out bag here and I think about something from Tokyo's Coolest Combo. Tokyo's Coolest Combo in the background. What? In my nuts bug out bag? That's later in the show. But right now, we'd like to thank some of our supporters, Tim. This is the, these are the people we'd like to thank from Patreon. We'd like to thank Shell. Christy. Jeremy. Johnny Boy. Angus. Lindley. Belinda. Angela. Leonie. Katie. Peter Young. Oh, Peter Young. Great to see you in there, Peter Young. Katrina. Rebecca. Richard. Kelvin. Danny. Sue Wielden. One of my favourite people on the planet Earth. And, of course, Mark O'Brien of the Earth O'Briens. And Patricia McIntosh, thank you very much for your support. If you would like to support the show, and we certainly do need it, remember, I am unemployed, go to Patreon. There's a link to Patreon at the bottom of maynard.com.au, and just $1 a month would be appreciated. It helps keep the lights on, which is pretty good, because I don't sleep well with the lights off. Who does? There's just something lurking. And if you've never laid awake at night... You will now. We thank our Patreon supporters and we thank DNC Lifestyles for their support. Thanks so much. And yes, seriously, DNC Lifestyles, I have gone and checked them out. They've got things there that animals can play with that will just keep them quiet for years. And that Patreon address is patreon.com slash Maynard. That would be great. We also remind you that we are doing some heavy lifting on this show here. What other podcast claims to be your official 20th anniversary of Showgirls podcast, which happened last week? Last week, 20 years ago, 1995, Showgirls came out. Pool scene, pool scene, pool scene, pool scene. Yeah, did you watch Showgirls in honour of the 20th anniversary? I did. And i got to say, it hasn't gotten any better. The pool scene and you fast-forward through some other bits, the bits where you drive in the Ferrari, if you see... Yeah. There's a lot of shallow emotion. <laughs> it's not a good film. But would you describe it as anything like Battleship Potemkin? Oh, it's just like that. And also, Battlefield Earth is really close as a contender for second place. Just a dreadful cinematic experience. Not at all welcome. And we're also getting behind the 2016 version of the Dad's Army movie. That sounds like great fun. Bill Nye as uh, Mr. Lemazurier, I think, is going to be perfect. It's all about the casting, that film. Yep. Dad's Army. Worth going and having a look at. So long as they don't screw with the format, so long as they don't try to liven up, modernise the characters. We must remind you, 2015 is the international year as the United Nations Unstoppable Celebrations continue for the Doug Anthony All-Stars International Year. Hundred and eight years of the DAAS label going all the way back to the Dexter Ambrose Art Society. It's very exciting to still keep pushing 
the DAAS label. Speaking of reboots, the Muppets have returned to US television, but it's a sort of a darker version, seemingly influenced by shows like The Office, and it's got them being in The Office in a bit of a grim situation, and you see glimpses of shows, and you see Miss Piggy doing a Tonight Show, and there's a lot about Kermit's love life, and you find they have an open relationship, and they, they seem to think by modernising The Muppets, they have to make it darker. The show's going to be all about our personal lives, behind the scenes, our relationships. I don't see how it's ever going to work out with you and I. You can say it, Dad. He's a bear. Sort of an adult Muppet show. How about we film a series in that crazy handheld documentary style and have cutaways to one-on-one interviews? Cut to interviews? That is just a totally overused device to make easy jokes. You know, talking to the camera about how you really feel and then cutting back and saying something completely different. I just hate that. I love it. Great device. Your opinions on that, Tim Ferguson? Well, it's like making sure that one of the members of Dad's Army is addicted to the meth that you were talking about. Uh, Benzedrine. Benzedrine that you were talking about before. There are some things that don't need to be modernised to make them relevant. Just because, you know, we're all a bit wiser, we all know a little bit more and people are more comedy savvy, doesn't mean you can't sit down and watch a whole bunch of puppets deliver a bunch of bad gags one after the other very fast. Some things just will never be broken. That's why you bring the Muppets back. Best guest on the Muppet Show? Our best guest was Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett and Miss Piggy together fighting, (laughs) fighting for Kermit's love. Hilarious. I really don't want to hurt your feelings. Don't misunderstand me, but this is one of the three worst shows I've ever seen. What were the other two? There are no other two. I was just being kind. Gotta say, Deborah Harry was good. The Muppets is a bit like sex. Don't overthink it. You know, keep it simple. Why did we have sex in the first place? Oh, yeah, that thing. Just go back to that thing. You don't have to turn it into a Ricky Gervais extravaganza. Best Muppet movie. Ooh. I don't agree with you. With your choice, I have to say. Oh, well, that's because I've already told him. The Great Muppet Caper, purely because Diana Rigg is in it and just about everything. Peter Ustinov's in it. Yeah, it's just nothing but cameos. I just thought the Muppets and crime wasn't a good marriage. It was a caper. It, it was a caper. For me, it'll always be the classic. You know, number one, the first Muppet movie. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? Just that movie was tremendous. So many great gags. You just can't beat that original classic. I know what you're saying, Maynard. I hear what you're saying. I'm feeling it. It's got to be number one. Good question. Why are there so many rainbows? Can we really afford that in this condition? The Wisdom of the Frog. Great name for a band. The Wisdom of the Frog. They'd have to be death metal, but wouldn't they? They would. Best Muppet character ever. I'm going with Gonzo because Gonzo brings the Hellfire Club into a kid's show. The whole chicken thing? And he turns out to be an alien in a movie anyway. He's very good. I can't go past Miss Piggy. What a great feminist icon. Sure, you know, she had chunky thighs and she looked like a pig. But there was a woman who was confident in her sexuality and her creative prowess. Yeah, that was a woman I could be. 
Is the original Muppet pitch, when they were pitching this to the main networks, and I must add that the main networks did not take it, they actually had to make the original Muppet as a syndication and get it in syndication. The main networks didn't take it. This was a part of the original pitch, and it's the best pitch ever. It's only two minutes 40. I won't play all of it, but basically it starts off with the Muppet character on screen just saying how quiet it is, and by the end of it he's going, this show will be so good that it will get such high Nielsen ratings that people won't be able to stand us, but it's okay because we'll have lots of money and the finger of God itself will come down and touch us. The United States of America needs the Muppet Show, and you should buy this show. Now, we're not pulling any punches here. I mean, there's nothing subtle about this pitch. So buy the show and put it on the air, and we'll all be famous. The Muppets will be famous, and CBS will be famous because we'll have a hit show on our hands, and we'll all get temperamental and hard to work with, but you won't care because we'll all make a lot of money. And they is. And that was the pitch, and it got knocked back. Tim has to take a call, so to get us to the other side of Tim taking that call, here's some taking that call music. Okay, I love you, baby. Keep going. And we're back. Your phone just goes off continually, Tim. Anyone would think you were making a movie. And the movie's made, God's sake, people. It's a very intense experience making a movie, and then for a couple of weeks, once you've stopped shooting, everything goes eerily quiet as everybody deals with whatever diseases they picked up. And not all of those diseases are the ones you want to talk about on the radio, I'm sure. You got a bit of a chest infection. I came back going, wow, those people were so professional. I wish I had a job. Yeah, it pays to know them. The new main website design is fantastic. Get in there, subscribe to our monthly newsletter, and you can get Planet Maynard, our motto. How's this go, Tim? I'm pitching it to you. Planet Maynard, it's not where you live, and we're both glad about that. That's good. It's catchy. You can fit it on two T-shirts. I'd go for it. So get onto iTunes or Stitcher to get into the Planet Maynard at maynard.com.au. You with the new design that gets a tick of approval from Tim Ferguson. It certainly does. Once again, our sponsors, DNC Lifestyles, where you can uh, go to them at maynard.com.au and find out how your cat can sleep in a lime-coloured UFO hovering a metre off the ground in your lounge room. The truly terrifying thing is that I go to maynard.com.au probably more often than I should, Mm. just because I like to see what's going on and also (laughs) what has gone on. And the truly terrifying thing is you start to know things. I start to realise just how much junk you have in your brain. You just know stuff about not just bands like KISS, but also their roadies and their managers and (laughs) who did what and whether the second album was difficult. Problem is getting someone to pay you for knowing this, Tim. Well, yeah, yeah, people don't want to pay for that sort of knowledge. (laughs) But they certainly do want to pay for Spin Out the Movie. And on the set of the movie, I actually saw a BMW M5U. And the division between the Holden and Ford people is intense, isn't it? Because Holden is better. Wow. And the Ford people are still having trouble coming to terms with that simple thing. It's just going to happen. At Shepparton, I was hard-pressed to find a Ford fan. The XR8 that I had a bit of a hoon in, but frankly, I, I enjoyed the Holden more. Ford have never been able to put a V8 together. It's only eight. <laughs> I mean, it's not that hard, but they've never been able to get it sounding quite as sweet as it should. I was actually going to complain that there was utes in the movie, OK, spin-out utes. I did not see... Here's a list of items I did not see. I did not see a Datsun 1200 ute. I did not see a twin cab combi VW ute, nor did I see a Suzuki Mighty Boy anywhere on the set. 
Well, we were driving those to the set and they were all run off the road by <laughs> other cars. We hope it ended well. What was the point you found out about Utes while you were doing it, Tim? You said you had an epiphany. My epiphany was I can't really drive them. I'm no good at driving Utes. Mainly that's because I can't drive anything. I never could. I'm now including Utes in that long list. They are a handy car, as any tradie will tell you. They're a handy car, except stuff can get nicked out of the back, which if you're a trader, you don't want to lose your tools. I guess you could have some lockdown trade. You've got to go to some sort of thing like that. That's why they have an expression, never touch another man's Ute. I think that's what the expression is. What I saw on the side of the ute was a bull bar in the country is worth two pedestrians in the city. You know, and we're keeping score. One thing that I would like to uh, congratulate the people of Victoria on is their V-line trains. I took a V-line train from Melbourne to Shepparton and back again, and I was shocked. Shocked, Tim, by the complete lack of paramilitary-style ticket inspectors as seen on New South Wales trains. You get on a New South Wales train, there's some guy who looks like he's just come from the SS and he's painted it blue and he's got all these cable ties just right next to his knife-proof vest that he can just immediately wrap people up and restrain them in if there's an issue. On the V-Line train, there was someone in an old-school hat and said, ticket, please. I said, here it is. And they said, thank you, with a smile. That goes a long way. Unlike Victoria's trams, the inspectors on Melbourne trams are... It's like they're alien hunters. They get on the tram from all angles and they're looking up, they're looking out, they're looking you in. One comes in through the sky roof. They look coming through the sky roof like Tom Cruise. If they come and they stop a centimetre from the floor and look around. Oh, yeah, the only excuse, and this works for me, the only excuse that they will accept is, strangely where you just say, I don't have a ticket, I didn't know I needed one. Because there are no signs as you get on a tram that you need a ticket. There are little posters saying you shouldn't steal tickets, you shouldn't pretend you've got tickets when you haven't. But if you say, I didn't know I needed a ticket, you are within your legal rights. Did you try that one out or did you just go with the uh, sympathy with the wheelchair angle? No, I've done that more than once and it works every time. The sympathy wheelchair angle doesn't work because you're sitting on their furniture. They don't know who owns the wheelchair. But you can say, I was unaware, there is no signage. And now because there is no machine that you can purchase tickets from, you can quite reasonably say you're unaware that this was a ticketed thing. It says public transport. One of your policies during one of your many failed election runs has been free public transport or something like that? 100% free public transport. And of course, Australians are far more conservative than caring how other Australians get to where they want to go. So that was another, in fact, I think that was my only policy uh, (laughs) completely failed. But yeah, free public transport. What the hell are we paying for? Every time you get on a bus, it's going to cost you three bucks? Please. Well, I think it's time for Tim to ask that question about my bag. He went earlier there, people, but now's that time. What's in Maynard's bug out? Bag? Check out these two CDs. Oh, my God, it's the best of Richard Cheese, one of the lesser-known cheeses. He does do a cracker of a version of the Star Wars thing. We should go for that, because you know I love Star Wars.
A great cheese break there, and of course, uh, I gotta say, his version of Baby's Got Back is pretty special as well. Richard Cheese, he just gives it that extra special frisson. And of course, if you leave him in a cave for a long time, he will go blue. Yeah! <laughs> Here's one that people have missed. People for months have been wondering what will the next Tim's historical hypothetical be. I gotta say, I was tempted by the Perviton, the brand name of the German methamphetamine, going, you, you are a German student studying for an exam in 1935. No, we won't go with that. Are you ready for Tim's historical hypothetical? They are, he is, she is, we are, Maynard. Don't expect too much. Tim, the date is between July 19th and the 22nd of July, 1969. Ah, 69. The place inside the command service module orbiting the moon. I knew we'd end up there. You are Michael Collins, manning the lunar orbiter on the Apollo 11 mission. You orbit the moon 30 times while Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin land on the moon. What do you do? Well, I mean, you've got to jerk off. I mean, you have to. You're in space. And come on, dear listener, don't go say, oh, no, I'd never do that. You're in space. You just want to see what will happen. And I'm sure what happens is the same old thing. It's like... Oh, that's it. Well, there it goes. Oh, hang on. Oh, it's bouncing back. Yeah, I think you've got to jerk off. You think you'd have some explaining to do to Neil and Buzz when they got back. What do you think they're doing on the moon? That's why you go, where you can just find a nice, quiet place and quietly do the business. And that was at a time when seeing a naked woman was exciting. You've heard all about what Michael Collins was doing in that command capsule. ba 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 yes, spanking the Ewok. You've been listening to Tim's Historical Hypothetical. Don't expect too much. Well, that pretty much brings us towards the end of the show here of Bunga Bunga 19. We don't know when Bunga Bunga 20 will be, but I will be lurking around the Doug Anthony All-Stars gig that is going to be happening at the Howard Park Hotel around about the 20th. Tim, do you think Paul will talk to me this time? Paul uh, McDermott is, let's face it, he's not that interested. And so to get his attention, you've really got to wear the right kind of hat. We should finish the show as we normally do with Tim Ferguson's Right of Reply. All those people who say, I'll see you tomorrow, forget it. Because today, Wednesday, it's been predicted that the world will be, I think the nice term, is annihilated. It's the end of the world day. And I know the sun is going around the world because while we're talking, it's only about 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. So within the next 12 hours, everything will finish. This is our last missive to you. If you're listening to this podcast, (laughs) clearly it's not the end of the world and everything's turned out okay. But one thing that upset me, Mana, could you tell me who it was that made the announcement? The eBible Fellowship, an online affiliation headquartered near Philadelphia, spokesman Chris McCann 
said the world will be gone forever, annihilated. But this time it's going to be fire and everything will burn. Now this is all fine and I don't mind them alerting us to this because they seem to have their facts straight. But the one thing I missed in his whole press conference was any sort of sadness, any sense of loss. He just says, the world is going to end, thank you very much. As opposed to, the world is going to end. So it's kind of sad, no more kittens, no more puppies. All the children, all the nice people, all the trees, all the flowers, everything gone, even... Even Sky News will be gone. Sky News, well, it'll be hard to kill, but yes, <laughs> it'll be gone. It'll be the last thing there, just to give the news that everything else is gone. No sadness. Next time someone predicts the end of the world, well, won't happen, but should that happen in another universe, then for God's sake, at least act sad about it. And maybe get the right spokesman. You want someone with a voice that's going to really push it across. Would you get Morgan Freeman to announce the end of the world? Down by the thousands. Down for you, fool. Would you get William Shatner to do it? That's all we know about it. Except that it is now 53.4 hours away from Earth. Hurry up. Our orders are to intercept investigate, and take whatever action is necessary. Hang on, he's not finished yet. And possible. Adam West? Perhaps if you watched a little more television, you'd be better at your job. What sort of voice of doom should you have? Oh, Sandra Sully. <laughs> and the world is ending. This is Sandra Sully. Speak up! Yeah. <laughs> Speak up! Thank you for the privilege of being able to say that that is 10 eyewitness news for now. The world is ending and your forehead's not even moving? She can't have remorse and sadness. She's a newsreader. And Tim, do you always look forward to the backpedalling that goes on? What card do you reckon they're going to play? Oh, I was looking at the wrong month. My watch was on the wrong time. A dog ate my Bible. What's going to happen here? This time I would say, damn, we were using 1970s calculators. Or they blame it on the Mayan calendar. We should have known that it shouldn't have had a chicken and bikini on it to be verifiable. Let's have a prediction from Tim. Since everyone's throwing the predictions out there, one from you, Tim. My prediction is that after the world has ended, Malcolm Turnbull will be Prime Minister of Australia for as long as he wants to be. This country likes nothing more than to be baffled by inaction. All I want to see is just at least one tear, as opposed to this usual, it's great and it serves you right. And it serves you right for listening to Bunga Bunga 19. It's time for us to bunger off into the distance. We do not know when Bunga Bunga 20 will be. We have no idea when that will be. Don't even ask. It'll be sometime in the future because I've been Maynard. And I'm still Tim Ferguson. Bunga Bunga. Bunga Bunga. Moving right along in search of good times and good news With good friends you can't lose This could become a habit Opportunity knocks once, let's reach out and grab it yeah. Together we'll nab it We'll hitchhike, bust a yellow cabbage Yeah.